I'd like to welcome everybody back on this Tuesday evening. Kensington, Maryland, in the champagne room of Podcast Studios. That's my basement. I'd like to welcome Kevin Rico. I hope you two and all the rest of you listening <laughs> Tim have recovered from St. Paddy's better than I have. Yes. It was a, it was good St. Paddy's Day. We had up these big plans got blown up. We decided you know have a couple people over. You know, finger food, basketball. Sounds like a great day. Couldn't get any better. Come on. It was a great day. I'm Ken Marangolo. This is the Audible. This is off season on the brink for our friends at Hogshaven and all of our other Redskins uh, well wishers. We've decided this week we are back to football, back to being fans of what's happened, what happens on Sundays, first and foremost. Thank God. Um, we're, we're, we're dual tracking here. Uh, there's still a circus in town, but um, <laughs> in order to help us refocus on the good things in life and really, you know, what makes the offseason fun, putting a lot of pressure on this guy. Steve Schaub, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing great, Ken. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Thanks for being here, my man. Well, I mean, it, when we have Steve Schaub on, we're going to talk draft. Yeah, you got you got to bring us back to football and get get rid of all this crap Future. that has just been. Future. Well, let's like just a, at the top of the show. Let's see what Steve. Steve are you okay? It's a shit cloud is what. It are is. you okay? It, it's been rough being a Redskins fan. Obviously, these uh, these last couple of weeks, you know, uh, it's like the rug being pulled out from under us once again. You know, it's kind of like it feels like we're back, you know, six, seven years ago in, in the, you know, the Vinny Zorn era almost. Uh, and I, I don't think it's that bad, but that's just what it feels like after these last couple of years of contending and so much hope and promise and everything. So it's uh, it's been a rough uh, last month. Are you, sure. as a draft guy, as someone who is primarily focused on the draft really year round, um, does the draft bring you out of that a little bit? It does. And, and, you know, it does in two ways. One, just in general, it allows me to focus on something else. Uh, but two, even looking at the Redskins and the potential dysfunction and all that, <clears throat> you know, the one, the one positive thing I'll say is that we've seen a lot of mismanaged teams over the years. And a lot of those are starting to look better. So if this is another rough patch, maybe it'll finally click. You know, you look at a team – like the Raiders. I mean, how, how mismanaged were they for, you know, the decade from uh, when they last went to the Super Bowl and lost to the Bucks. And, um, you, you know, you look at some of these other teams like the Lions and, um, you know, the Falcons had some bad periods and even the Browns are, yes, thank <laughs> are you. starting to even look the pretty Browns. good with, uh, with what they're doing and, you know, just accumulating picks and cap room and signing some key guys. So, you know, well, it it looks ugly now. The thing with the NFL, with the way the salary cap is, with the way the draft is, and the fact that you can get immediate impact, and you know, not like some other sports where you know you need to wait three, four years, um, you can have a quick turnaround. So hopefully, the right decisions will start being made, and you know, and and we'll go from there and, and stay in the contention that we've had the last couple of years of going to the playoffs two years ago, and of course. Falling just short, but still coming away with a winning record this past year. 
Well, the truth of the matter is, Ringling Brothers is coming next week and for the last time in DC. Let's yeah, hope. Uh, coming back. Let's hope all the clowns <laughs> hop back onto that train. And head on yes, no need for them to stay. Just and I like, yeah. I like that you were able to have something positive to say because this show is about getting positive again. Um, we're a positive show. That we we are a positive show year round. And so, Steve, I'm getting excited about the draft. I know on Hogs Haven, you know our draft profiles, which by the way I think are better than ever um, with Gabe uh, and and um, you know Aaron for uh, you know kind of reformatting things. We got some guys putting out the uh, some some interesting kind of. I mean, I learned so much about guys who are going to be free agents in three or four seasons by just by reading these these draft profiles because you know we're talking like 70, 150 guys a month or so, you know. There's going to be a lot of guys coming in, into the league, and there's going to be a lot of guys. The free agent class in four years is based on on our draft profiles, I like to say. So k- kudos to those guys for, for um, I don't know, compelling content about other, you know guys that we otherwise wouldn't it's care awesome. about. It's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's everything you need. It's everything yep. you want. Yep. You know, it's it's just like the draft guide for Mr. Shout, everything yeah. about the Hogs Haven player profiles. It's tremendous. You get everything you need right here, everyone. It's like a premium Just package. It's a it's premium right package. Here. It's a premium. It's, it's it a premium. Be a VIP package. It, uh, it could be a VIP package. But, uh, Steve, before, yeah. before yeah, right we there. go into kind of the meat of, of this show, let's. when is the draft profile coming out? Uh, explain to people kind of the, the product you've been, you've been putting out for a while. It's, it's awesome, and um, people need to know where to go to find it. Well, uh, you know, we, we run the on-the-clock mock draft simulator, and we have the premium version that allows for trades and, you know, a few other things. And part of the premium version, what, what people get is they get premium. our draft guide. It's going to come out mid-April. Uh, we're still finalizing the exact date, but it'll be out mid-April and give you some extra information to have uh, as part of um, becoming a premium subscriber um, w- w- for on the clock premium. So, you know, it's just an added benefit for, for those, uh, you know, premium subscribers who really help us, you know, run the site and drive the site. So it's an, you know, thank you to them. And, um, you know, we, uh, we have some articles in there about different positions and, and prospects and things like that. And then some scouting reports, some interviews, uh, rankings, mock drafts, um, you know, the whole nine yards, so to speak. So, um, We'll be finalizing the date that it'll be coming out, but every premium subscriber will get uh, an email copy of it. So um, it's there for them as soon <clears throat> as soon as it comes out. If they've already signed up, or once they sign up afterwards, they'll get it as once uh, when they sign up later in April. All right, awesome. Man. Sign up for the premium package. You you won't be disappointed. And let's get to the premium package of this show, and that is that is this, Steve. Me. I've given I've given you and I I gave them to you ahead of time four statements leading up to the draft about the Redskins. We're going to spend 5 minutes on each one of these and I'll give you just going to give you the first one. These are things I've been saying, I think other Redskins fans have been saying as well. And they're like these core beliefs or or a belief pattern leading into the draft that Steve Shalp will now either defend or as he as he often does uh call me um Probably some bad names and uh, uh, insult my intelligence. Smart man. He's a smart man. All right, Steve, here's number one. I believe the Redskins could draft a starting left guard, starting defensive lineman in the second and third rounds uh, based on my belief that a power conference upperclassman um, gets pushed down 
out, out of that top echelon of, uh, of the, you know, the first round and top of the second, uh, and, and guys who, will play f- who could play for us, start right away for us. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that could be uh, definitely a fair statement. I mean, guard generally is, is not a position that gets drafted high. I know some Redskins fans still get bitter about Brandon Scherf, but uh, <laughs> let's look at it. Brandon Scherf's far better than Eric Flowers. I and, love Scherf, man. Um, and, and exactly. I mean, he's an all-pro player, just like Zach Martin with the Cowboys. Same same sort of uh, career projection right there. And, you know, the Giants took Eric Flowers four picks after we took Scherf, and and they are begging somebody to replace flowers. Cause he's that bad where Brandon Scherf just went to the pro bowl. You know, he's going to be a long-term pro bowl, all pro type player. So, uh, but in terms of guards, they, they do tend to get pushed down. So the fact that there could be a guy sitting there in the second round, whether it's Dan Feeney, who's one of my favorite guards from Indiana, Dorian Johnson from Pittsburgh, um, Deion Dawkins from temple. We can also play tackle Taylor Moten from Western Michigan. Another guy to play tackle, uh, Forest Lamp, I definitely think will be off the board. They'll be gone sometime in the first round. Right. Uh, that, I, that's the way I'm feeling. In the, he'll end up in the first round, but there's going to be a lot of options there in that second round range, and, and a few others I didn't even mention. So, you know, the Skins could use a plug, plug and play left guard, and because of the fact that Moses and Long are going to be free agents next year, they could also use a cheaper option along the offensive line, since you are spending so much money for Trent and then Moses and likely Long as well. Well, I, I mean, I, I think this is like the first opportunity to talk about this also in terms of who's going to be making the picks. Um, when McLovin was here, we knew him to be a best player available. You have no idea who he's going to pick because a guy's going to fall to him that's on, on top of his, his list and he takes him, a la, you know, Josh Doxson. Uh, with Bruce Allen picking, and you see that, you know, you can save some money, um, by getting rid of, of Laval, which which have they done that yet? Or they're, they're, they're no, probably, no, they're probably, no. They, they, they haven't done it. No, yet. and then, that's not that doesn't mean it's going to happen. And, and, I think they're going to do what that. What I'm going to say to you is, who's the man that Bruce Allen just extended? You know, who, who does the rest of the responsibility fall upon? It's the man who started clowning the first round guard pick. <laughs> yeah. I don't see a second or third round guard guy coming if Jay has got anything to say into Bruce's ear, and that's my, that's the only thing that scares so me. So you don't think Jay Gruden think wants no, a big, big? I think big he guard. does, yeah. but I think we can. I think we can take it around back. I think we can bounce these two down. I don't mind multiple D linemen. Don't get me wrong. Yep. You know where I stand, D line. Yep. I don't think taking a guard would be bad, but I think with that extra fourth round pick gives us an opportunity to bump back and possibly get one of these. Although you know, Feeney, Dawkins, Johnson, everyone Steve's talking about right now, these are studs. Yeah. I just don't see Jay. I don't think they're you know, not worthy of the pick. I don't see our new head guy allowing us to make that sexy of a pick on that unsexy of a pick. The bigger, the bigger question, I think, is something Kevin touched on, which is a totally different separate track, is how much say does Jay have? Is he going to be part of picking the groceries and cooking well, it, what, too? Ken, we Sam don't Bruce, know. Jay, we I'm don't know. There's got to be some whispers. I think the, the, the vacuum that was created at, when you fire McLovin is going to be you know, the, that space is going to be filled mostly with Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen, and everyone just needs to understand that and get used to it and not like it, but but hate it. Um, but I also believe that Jay Gruden is inheriting some of the power. And I disagree with you, Kevin, in this sense. Uh, when he was in Cincinnati, he took his offensive line very seriously, and he, he put together a brick wall of huge size huge. and strength. Huge. He was, huge. He was a size guy. He's all size. All Those right. guys are giants. And this is what I'm going to say to you. Fourth round, Zach Banner from USC at 6'8", 353. 
guard. guard, fourth round guard from USC. I'm not saying. Okay. I'm not saying he's the guy. He played I'm guard saying, in college. Can he possibly be the guy? I'm not saying he is. I'm saying. Yeah. Because I, I feel you. I'm just saying one round later, then we're talking. There's some size back there. And there's some some Kutztown State Jordan Morgan guys and Jessamine Dunk from Tennessee State. Steve's going to know a lot but are more they about plug these and play? guys. Are those guys plug and play? Uh, Steve, we'll ask Steve. I, 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 I think it's exactly what Steve, are you do. there? Are they plug and play, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, Are they plug and play? I, I mean, I don't think guys like that are plug and play. I will say the guard position is probably deeper than uh, – than people give it credit for because, like I mentioned, a few tackles can kick inside the guard. You could have a center like Ethan Posick from LSU kick outside the guard. Uh, so you have a lot of more options there. You can um, get some guards. Dan- There's guards yeah, out there. Yeah, Danny Isadora from Miami, um, Asiata, the, the guard from Utah. Those are like some third, fourth-round talent guys that, that are intriguing. And I don't know if I'd say they're plug-and-play, but I think they are – capable of challenging for a spot, um, so to speak. So, uh, I mean, there's definitely a step down from the Feenies and the Dwayne Is it Johnson better than what Deion we have? Dawkins. Is it better than it, what we have currently? You know, the one thing I will say is, while Sean Laval is definitely the weakest link along our offensive line, he's not... He's not the weakest, weakest the link. Of, yeah, he, it's not, like, I, I think... <laughs> I think you know, as Redskins fans, we just need to look back a few years ago and look just how bad this offensive line was across the board. And now, you know, now Laval sticks out as being far below these other four guys, but he's still probably better than what we were trying out there in like 2009, 2010, um, you know, than some of these other guys. So, well, I definitely think he's replaceable. And I, and to me, if, if you see a Dan Feeney stick, sticking out there in the second round or Dorian Johnson, who I'm high on some people aren't as high on think he's more of a third round guy, but uh, then that to me is a big upgrade. That's where you're getting to the point of getting to that Oakland Raiders offensive line, Dallas Cowboys offensive line, where you're looking at a potential pro bowl player at every spot. Well, come on, Quanjo. I want to, I'm going to move on to the next one, Steve. Um, but I, I think that point deserves underlining because with all of the question marks in, on our offense in the next two or three years, especially um, especially at quarterback, for example, if, if you can get a starter on your offensive line in the second round that can make a big difference, I, I say you have to get him. I say that is a sexy pick. I, I say that is how great teams are made. They're built right along that offensive line. If you know, it, sur- it sure would help a lot if we have to throw another guy back there under center at some point if you can put him back behind you know, uh, it helps a lot regardless. A great line. You got yeah. a great quarterback. He can't it, it tackle only makes nobody. it better. All right. Tackle nobody. Yeah. And, and the one, the one thing I'll just add to that is, and I, I kind of touched on it. If you look at just the price increase that we've seen on all these free agent offensive linemen, look who got paid this off season. It was the offensive Backup linemen. Backup offensive linemen. So defensive linemen. And I mean, yeah, Ronald Leary, he couldn't crack the starting lineup in Dallas and he goes out and he gets a massive contract. They got and, paid. and of course, you know, you know, guys like Zeitler and Lang, all these guys are, and these are interior linemen who typically weren't getting big money. They're now getting big money as well. So that's where you, you get a second round guy who can plug and play. Then you're talking about four years of starting at a combined four and a half million dollars. Yep. You know, that that's what Laval's making this year. We agree. Mm-hmm. Um, here's 
we touched on Kirk. This this is our our chance to talk about Kirk in a different context. And this is this is the next statement, uh, Steve. I believe the Redskins should not draft a quarterback in the first three rounds. Maybe not in the first four rounds. I'll just let mm. that. Sit. Mm. Well, to me, if you're not going to draft a quarterback in the first, probably honestly two rounds, then you probably shouldn't draft a quarterback at all. Because if you draft somebody late, you know, like a CJ Beathard or but we even get- a Josh Dobbs, who I who I like as a developmental guy, is he going to beat out Sudfeld? I mean, that that's the question. Um, but Steve, you know, real quick, can we just get a, can we get a, like an auxiliary office for CJ Beathard in case he doesn't make the team? And we'll just <laughs> feed him and keep him there, and maybe something will happen. But like, nah, never mind. We can't feed him. Trump canceled uh, that yeah, program. Maybe, maybe in ten years he can be our GM. But right, um, right. You, you know, yeah, no, he can get into our scouting program and everything. There but, we go. Uh, you know, like every little bit. The, the thing is, if if you're not getting one of the and and there's actually more quarterbacks that I'd say that have starting potential in this draft than most years, but there's very little certainty around them. And the seven that I'd really peg is having decent starting potential in the next couple of years, not, not this year, or even, you know, the next season are the four typical first round guys, Watson, Trubisky, Mahomes, Kaiser, however you want to order them. Then you got like Nate Peterman, Davis Webb, and I'd say Brad Kaya again, however you want to order them. You know, you got, um, Evans from Virginia tech. He's interesting. Dobbs is interesting, but, and, and or a guy like, uh, Chad Kelly from Ole Miss with all of his issues. No, thank but, you. You, you know, none of these guys excite me. That's, that's, yeah. He's already <laughs> trying to slide into those DMs. He, he's an animal. I, 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 if he could focus, he'd actually be pretty damn good. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, no, he has he can run plenty down of talent. It's just, he's an animal. Third string quarterback runs down on special. I'd rather have Baker than, than Chad Kelly, but that's just me. Who? Yeah, I know. Different and, I know. I know. And and like the thing to me is, you know, probably those those first seven guys that I mentioned, they might all be gone by the time we pick in the third round. Maybe not all in the first two rounds, but by the time we select in the third round, I would not be surprised that those top seven guys are all gone. So if you haven't gotten one by then, I don't know if you're getting one that's going to really help you out now or going forward. So. Exactly. You know, like to me, if I, I would only take a quarterback if you know you're not bringing Cousins back for 2018. That to me, that well, yeah, the only but way I guess sense well, yeah, he's back to take a quarterback. But is the but guess who's not back? He might be. No, Kirk Cousins is, is Eight, 17 or 18. You said 17 or 18. Sorry, Steve. he's back next year. 18. Uh, definitely, 18. definitely back this year. No, no, no and I'm talking definitely. Yeah. They, will, they will tag him a third time and pay him 35 right. million dollars if they don't. But the, we're sitting here with some guys in our face. Is so Sean Watson sitting there, Steve? I, was I know, say, I the know question it's a to Steve is: is should they possibly draft somebody? No, well, that, well, he, that's what he's saying. On. He's saying if you don't think Kirk is going to be your guy, then you do. But I, I say you don't. I, I first of all, I, I think you, Kirk Cousins is coming back. But let's put a pin in that. Right. I think the interesting part about this to me is I think McLovin would have taken a quarterback in the second round. I really do. I think he would have taken a shot on a guy just to develop a guy that high in the draft. I don't think Bruce Allen will. I think Bruce Allen is scared to death. I think he's looking for results faster than a guy who may or may not pan out. And I, I think he's looking for plug-and-play starters. Uh, if there's a chance what? that Deshaun Watson is available, Deshaun Watson. Then there's some in the draft first round. have him sliding in the first round. Deshaun Watson at 17. 
I'm, I'm being devil's advocate here. We said put a pin in it. Yeah. Put a pin in Kirk Cousins. Devil's advocate. Deshaun Watson sitting there. Do we want to, in four years, look back and say, damn, we didn't recognize those athletic skills, his drop-back passing prowess, his, his, his winning pedigree, yeah. his leadership abilities, and his overall ability to play the position at this level tremendously for a decade? And because we didn't know what the, dish, the deal was, yeah. I mean, will we look back in four years and be like, yeah. And the perfect yeah. transition. He can sit here for one year and watch how it works and see this oh, professional, yeah. the consummate professional oh, yeah. who doesn't know what he wants to do, and then he's ours. I mean, you had how many teams scratched and sniffed Aaron Rodgers on the, in that first it's round? It's just the position is so important to me and, and that I, I, I can't listen to you say four rounds of no quarterback yep. in case we don't know, but a pin in, like we said. Yeah. With a pin in there, I think you gotta you got to watch your back around here, man, and there ain't many of these guys. That guy's a stud, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, there. I mean, I think, I, I think the interesting thing is, is like you said, you know, if, if cousins is not here, uh, after next season, you would probably regret not taking a quarterback. So that, so that to me, like your decision has to be made before draft day, whether you're trading him, signing him long-term or it's a one year, you know, w- see whatever type situation. If it, if it's, you're trading him either, during or after the draft, then you draft the quarterback. If you're, it's only a one year rental, then you draft a quarterback. But if you really believe that he's going to be here long term, I don't see how you can justify drafting a quarterback, even if you haven't gotten to the agreement yet. But if you're saying, you know, we know we're going to meet his price on July 14th or, or you know, whatever the case may be, um, you know, it, it, you are missing out on a starting player. And, and that's the issue is, you know, we just talked about, you could have a four year starting guard. You could have a four year starting inside linebacker, safety, defensive lineman. We love versus. Yeah. I choose that. I choose that. Sure. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up. Yeah. A point. If Deshaun Watson was four available, now. I think I'd, I'd be interested in, in drafting him with the, with the purpose of trading him. I would. I think he's a commodity. To me, then that's dicey. I don't think the Redskins can afford to engage in that kind of James Bond high high stakes. Got to make sure we got one quarterback. You're trying to get two with trades. Come on, man. Well, no, I'm I'm saying if if Deshaun Watson is sitting there at 17, and I think that's Steve. Would you agree? That's the that's an outside boundary of how long he would last. You know, in this Absolutely. in this draft, right? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'll say this. I, I think there's. Right now, the top teams who all need quarterbacks have positioned themselves not to overpay for quarterbacks. You know, I, I don't think, obviously, the Browns are taking one at one. I don't think the 49ers are taking one at two. And I don't think the Bears are taking one at three. Uh, Jets probably, or I don't want to say probably, but may not at six. So you're then talking in, in Bills at 10. You know, so the first team that, first pick that is like a no brainer quarterback pick is 12, the Browns' second pick, obviously. Um, now could the bears take a quarterback if they fall in love with Watson or Trubisky uh, or even Mahomes or whoever? Sure. But I'm just not sold that any of these top five teams, top 10 teams are going to want to take quarterback. And, you know, I think part of it is, um, the fact that, you know, nobody loves any of these quarterbacks and they can get a really top defensive player and then, you know, trade up from the second round to get a quarterback. So It'll be interesting to see how these quarterback dominoes fall. I think it's going to be a lot different. Don't get me wrong. I still think we might see quarterbacks taking the top 10, but it might be like the bears trade from three to nine and take a quarterback. 
um, then it makes sense to them because they picked up some extra picks, something along those lines. So it's well, tough for me to really say quarterbacks are going to go high in this draft. We do uh, we do great when it comes to not loving quarterbacks. I mean, we have the least loved quarterback in town. Okay, another pin. We'll put a pin in that one too. Let's move on. All right, Slinging Sammy. We're good with Slinging Sammy. We're Slinging Sammy. Sammy. Yep. All right, with two picks in the fourth round, the Redskins should be able to net one starter. The position most likely to have that kind of depth in this draft is, and we'll let Steve answer that question. Yeah, I, I think I think there's actually multiple positions that you could maybe find a starter, but I think the one that makes the most sense for the Redskins is maybe running back. And it's somewhat of a reflection of where the Redskins stand at running back, but it's also the depth of this draft class. I think in the fourth round, you're going to see names like Wayne Gallman from Clemson, uh, James Conner from Pitt, Kareem Hunt from Toledo, um, <clears throat> you know, a few of these other guys, uh, Perrine from Oklahoma, uh, maybe Foreman from Texas. You know, it, it all depends. Some of these guys could get popped in the third round, but I definitely think more than a few of these guys. If Gallman the is there, holy the fourth crap. Round. Gallman, Gallman in the fourth and, and, round? That'd be great. You know, I, I, I think he could be in that, that range. I think he's around a top 100 guy. Uh, so high fourth round, you know, our, our, pick, our first pick in the fourth round is pretty early. So, you know, he could be there. Um, and now on, on a number of these teams, on a number of teams, obviously these guys wouldn't be starters. They'd be clear cut number twos, but because, you know, we have an, an undrafted free agent who did well as a rookie uh, in Kelly and then, you know, Matt Jones and, and everyone else, uh, we have a wide open, obviously, running back position. So that's where we could get, you know, the, the Jordan Howard like the Bears got last year. You know, they let Forte walk. They had Langford, open competition. Langford gets banged up. Howard takes the job, never looks back. All right, Steve, two questions for you. Uh, Marlon Mack available that early in the fourth. Is Marlon Mack still around? And then the Joe Mixon question. Yeah, I was going to ask the Joe I mean, question. That, now that guy walks in well, here right now, and we hand him the ball in the first play of the season. He's yeah. our starter. Yeah. But I want to know a little it, bit more turns, about Marlon Mack. I've seen his highlight tape. He's ridiculous highlights. I want to know about his consistency. You know more about this than any of us. Can he hold on to my love? Mm. Yeah. No, he can't. In can. terms of Marlon no, Mack, he he's definitely another guy. <laughs> he's definitely another guy who could be in that fourth-round mix. I mean, he's also a guy who get could go higher in the third round. I mean, it, there's that, you know, there's this top tier of running backs. There's the, you know, the Joe Mixon question, which I'll get to in a second. And then this wide second tier of guys who could go end of the second round to through the entire fourth round. So it all depends. You know, some teams are going to love a Wayne Gallman to be like the fifth or sixth running back taken. Other teams might not seem to like the eighth and ninth running back taken, which would put them probably in that fourth round range. So it, you know, Mac is somewhere in the mix. He definitely could be one of these options in the fourth round. McNichols, another one from Boise State, is a um, you know guy who could have some fourth round love as well. He's probably more like a fourth, fifth round guy, but he's an intriguing guy um, himself. As for the Joe Mixon thing, I mean, there's no question his talent. You know, simply put, uh, his, his talent is is crazy on the field. Um, you know. I don't know if he'd definitively be the number one back over Fournette. Probably. Um, nice question. I think, I think there are a few differences. Uh, one being their level com competition. Uh, Oklahoma is by far the best team in the big 12. 
So every other team they play, you know, I mean, people run through those defenses all the time. Whereas Fournette, I mean, he plays in the, against the toughest defenses <laughs> week in, week out. True, but and then for us, is, for us, Steve, don't we don't we want don't we want the guy to catch the ball out of the backfield and take it to the house? Fournette can catch. Well, Mixon's better. Well, well I, Mixon, I'm just talking. Mixon's I'm just talking. Mixon. Yeah. Mixon's overall talent in this draft class. I think for to me, Fournette would still be higher than him. Sure. If you ignore he, any off awesome. the field, we're still throwing to Chris Thompson primarily as well. We, um, Chris Thompson, I know Kevin and I disagree on, are disagreeing on this, which I can already tell by his facial expression. But no, I, you don't even know we're about to dis- <laughs> Go ahead. Well, Chris Thompson and Joe Mixon aren't the same guy, obviously. Yeah. I, I think Chris Thompson is the fuel and fire to our offense. Joe Mixon's a three-down back. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let's save him, and let's do what everyone else does with this running back by committee. Robert Kelly isn't going anywhere. Uh, Chris Thompson's a stud for us. Let's keep them at their limited amount of snaps where they're functional and they've produced and shown us that. And man, where does Joe Mixon go, Steve? That's you a know, tough one, man. I personally think I personally think he falls out of the top two days of the draft, and the reason being, yeah, the third day is not prime time, and I think that's like one of the biggest reasons why he falls to that area because, you know, look at how much hype and. You know, how many people watch the NFL draft? I mean, more people watch the NFL draft than they do NBA and NHL playoff games. Sometimes even in city. Like, I, I remember a couple of years ago, the, um, who was it? Like, the, the, um, Mavs were in the playoffs and the draft crushed it in the local market because of the Cowboys, you know? So it, it's, I, I just think that primetime aspect, uh, there's more time on the clock, so you'd have more time to spend to talk about the pick from both ESPN and NFL Network and talk about all what's going on with Joe Mixon. I just don't see him going in those first three rounds because of the primetime aspect. And, and I do think teams will have various serious concerns about the public perception. Maybe of get Brett Musburger involved. Look what happened in Kansas City. He loves no. that. Who's the he guy in Kansas City, that, 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 um, the, the, the fast guy? Tyree Kill. Rice. Tyreek <clears throat> Right, right, right. So Tyreek Hill, it was a huge backlash yeah. by the community yeah. when they took him. Exactly. And, 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 and even though he runs so fast, even some people were kind of like coming around, but there's still going to be that, that stigma there. And I think knowing the NFL like I think I know it, he falls not because it's just prime time. He falls because that is a headache. You've got to be willing to take well, on, and that's a, that's a, and and plus he will fall because of how great of a, a talent he is. He can afford to fall that far down. He'll fall because no because the financial commitment that these businesses Correct. are willing to place in him. So he'll be making he'll be a low risk, low income guy um, as far as your your balance sheet goes. I can't even talk really about Joe Mixon on, on Hawks Haven. I've, I know that other managing editors of SB Nation sites um, are, are getting crushed and every time they bring his name up. Um, oh, because the groups have people who oh, are just looking for that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know? uh, and I'm not interested in that. I mean, I, that's how they make their hay. I, 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 I don't think it's necessarily apples to apples, Steve, um, but I was a big proponent of drafting LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, when he came out of Oregon, and he came with a ton of hair on him, obviously, um, and and I'm not c- trying to compare, you know, off the field crap, and and uh, that's not what I'm. That's not what the show is about. But he was someone that scared everyone off. The guy was is still a, 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 an incredible, ridiculous 
specimen. He came out of college that way. You know, Jeff Fisher took a stab on him maybe multiple times. Um, he, he, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a player in this league and he performs at a super high level, in fact, for, you know, trophy hoisting teams. Is Joe Mixon that kind of guy? Is he, and is he going to fall that kind of way? Well, you, you know, I think Blunt is an interesting example because, one, it goes back to the video aspect. Everyone saw what Blunt did. Mm-hmm. And, and same with Ray Rice. Everyone saw what Ray Rice did. When you compare it to some of these other situations, Greg Hardy, uh, Frank Clark, who Seattle drafted in the third round a couple years ago, Tyree Kill, who's a fifth rounder, there's no video. And, and while some of those reports you know, sound and, and probably were far worse or, or at least on par to what we saw in the video from Mixon, the fact that there's a video just is a completely different dynamic. And, and that's what I talk about, about it being on primetime. And, you know, there was a lot of local backlash with the Tyree kill pick and, but it wasn't a big, you know, national story. It wasn't NFL network talking about it. It wasn't ESPN talking about it uh, really during their broadcast. And that's not going to be, you're not going to get away with that with Joe Mixon, regardless of the round, but definitely if you're taking them in like the second round or the third round, you know, that's going to be huge. It's going to dominate the draft night. And the other, the other thing is uh, with Hill, you got to remember the guy played one year at Oklahoma state. Then he got kicked off the team, went to a small college. He started out at a junior college. Mixon, this story, like his, his prospect radar, everything is so much bigger around him. That's, I mean, every, the Washington post and number one, is going to write a major story in high school. Yeah. Yeah, the, the other part. Yeah, that, I mean, what? There's a double-edged sword to it because if you take a guy and you try to avoid and keep it kind of hidden and not, you know, not rise to the top, then he starts playing well, like Tyreek Hill did. Then it just resurfaces again during the season oh, at absolutely. the time where you don't want it to be. So you got to you got to plan all that out. This is all about the business, all about the money. He's definitely going to slip because of it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the Vikings when, you know, the Adrian Peterson thing happened and some of their sponsors started dropping them because they weren't going to suspend Adrian Peterson. And you're thinking, this is a Hall of Fame running back, one of the greatest running backs of all time. And not that that excuses anything, but, you know, if the Vikings made decisions on Adrian Peterson based on what came out there, you better believe NFL teams are going to be making business decisions based on Joe Mixon, based on that video. They don't have to collude. And, they all understand this guy's going to be a oh, uh, yeah. because no one wants to take the risk at a first, second round. Yeah, you're so, not exactly, like the guy exactly. It'll become and, a big war. Like for, yeah, it, it, the, the, the fight will come on later on down the road, like you said. Yeah, when he, when he, and, when and for talk- me... For me, from the Redskins' perspective, as much as he's a talent, even if he's sitting there in the fourth round, I just don't see how the Redskins can even dream of taking him. But, like, given their PR nightmares... On top and, of the and, game. Yeah, but you know what? Oh, Steve, no it's limit. so great. We, oh, we Steve. got no limit. To it's perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Listen, don't ever say the Redskins would far never be, do yeah. anything. Far be it for me to, like, <laughs> to tell Bruce and Dan... You what's just reverse jinxed it. Welcome Joe Mixon. <laughs> this is... They, they. You know who gives zero Fs about what people think about him? Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. So as much as we would all, like, shudder and, you know, at the horror, and, and it, it would be a bunch of, you know, just a complete shitstorm if that was to be the case 
They don't care. They, they don't care. This, I, I ultimately, I think this becomes a question to Jay Gruden. Maybe you pull in a couple uh, team leaders. Maybe you pull in a Josh Norman and a Trent Williams. Uh, I don't know. Maybe even Kirk Cousins. And you say, "Hey, listen, if we're thinking about drafting this guy, and we think based on where we think we would draft him, we think we're going to get him." What do you guys have to say about that? I mean, to me, then then you're kind of handling it in in your house, and then you just let the whole world lift their leg on Dan Snyder because they're already doing it anyways. He doesn't care. <laughs> If anyone's going to draft That's, Joe Mixon, it's going to be freaking Dan Snyder. And he'll, he'll be like, hey, we should be talking about that, not about all this other crap I'm doing like, right did, now. Did I see Mentor on Kirk's resume somewhere? Maybe we should have signed that guy. You know what? Fart, I'm not trying. I've already made a political reference, in him, but it's just classic distraction, diversionary stuff. And it, it's somewhat genius. If Dan Snyder were to do this, I mean, he's he's basically just saying, hey, look over here. There's a whole other dumpster you guys fire still going think on Bruce over there. Bruce is pulling some, some sort of uh, okie doke on everybody. Uh, well, let's bring it back to Bruce. And all of a sudden, oh, oh, and then no, all I said the, he and then, was. And then all of a sudden, in September, it, it's going to just all miraculously become this great team. Okay, let's take it back. No, to but that it's not going to become an 0 well 16 team. And it's not an 0 16 team. We're talking about it as it's going to be an 0 30,000 yeah. team. It's not. It's going to be a not, 500 it's team. At, at worst. I think at worst it's, it's a 500 team. That's what, that's, why I, that's what I don't understand. Here's what we're going to get Steve out on tonight. All right, Steve? Because we, we were talking about Bruce. We talked about McLovin. We talked about you know may, reasons why he may have potentially been fired, which number in the hundreds if you, you know, read enough websites. Um, his 20. A 16 draft class uh, d- didn't have a lot of shine on it by the end of the 2016 season. And um, he took maybe he, there was a little bit of heat on him from Bruce and Dan specifically as, as a result of that. Maybe who, depends on who you believe. I happen to believe that our 2017 season is going to hinge. Uh, our, the greatness of the season will hinge on, 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 on that, that class. You know, most notably, Josh Doxson, Sue Cravens, Kendall Fuller. I think the three of them have huge years. I think it makes ultimately it makes McLovin look like a genius. Uh, but I think those guys are going to shine. If they do, in it will. And I so he'll be hired somewhere else. Those three now Fuller. There's he's coming off microfracture. You don't come off that after a year and be good. I'm giving him his pass last year because he got ripped up a little bit and he had some good stuff. The other two, you know, injuries. You know, I, I, I'm I always give everyone a break on injuries, but not after this is it. This is it, this season. I mean, these three, can you imagine if these three are as good as we think they are or hope they are? Yeah. Hope they are? Well, Steve, you, you watched them out of the well, draft. I mean, what, do you, what are your, yeah, what's your no, take on those three? I, I, you know, I'm I'm actually pretty cautiously optimistic about Josh Dotson. I mean, this assumes, obviously, that Cousins is the quarterback next year. Um, you know, I, I think he's a talent. I, I think he was a, an extremely talented receiver last year. I think you know, not counting the injury. If, if he was in this year's class, he would be, you know, right in that middle first round consideration uh, once again. And, um, you know, I, I think he could have a, a big year with, uh, with cousins at the helm and, and especially with prior and, and Crowder and Reed and Davis taking away, you know, some of the, the more top coverage. So, um, I, I, I think he, time. all of them together would be nice. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the weapons are still pretty decent. I mean, Healthy. probably a downgrade from, from last year, obviously, but still a lot of good weapons. And, and I think if Dotson's healthy, I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, as for Cravens, <clears throat> you know, I'm still not sure what to, to think with this guy. 
in terms of how he's going to do in a full, like strong safety role, if that's what they still intend to do with him that we heard kind of early in the off season. I think he's great in the box. I just don't know. I mean, I don't care what strong safety you are. Sometimes you're going to have to cover deep and I just don't know how he can cover um, vertically, you know, 15, 20, 30 yards down the field. So I think he could get exploited there. Um, if they're smart, they can use him in a lot of creative ways and get a lot out of him as a blitzer, as a short area cover guy, um, you know, strong in run support. I mean, he's like a fourth linebacker out, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, like a third inside linebacker out there in on running plays. Uh, if they utilize him in the strong safety role. So <clears throat> I think there'll still be some growing pains, but I, I think he'll be good. And for, you know, I agree. Like he's coming off an injury last year, didn't really have any OTAs training camp, any of that stuff. So, you know, like I think they asked a lot of them um, last season and hopefully this year he's more up to the challenge. Well, we appreciate you always being up to the challenge of coming on the basement champagne hey, room good. studio good session of the audible. Um, Steve, I want to make sure everyone knows to, we, we would appreciate, we, we would consider a personal favor. If you listening right now would uh, go sign up for a premium package. The premium packages are ready. Where, where do you go again, Steve? Uh, just go to fanspeak.com. There's a link right there. Uh, it's also on any on the clock page. You can see a link to upgrade to premium. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for that that plug. I appreciate it. And well, thank you for our yeah, upgrade said, to though. premium, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we're, we're, hey, we're premium package Bang! Uh, supporters and and lovers. Uh, I, and uh, you know, get you know, keep your eyes open for the draft guide forward TBD. I would like to say on behalf of my good friends, Tim Strachan. Cheers. Kevin Riga. Thank you all. Thank you, Steve. He is Steve Schaup, and I am Ken Marangolo, and this was The Audible.